Hi, my name is Elias. I go by Papa Boko on the internet and I'm here to introduce Perspective, which is my podcast about everything that I love, religion, culture, spirituality, revolution, political history, and I am excited to really dive into this because this has been a long idea brewing and it wasn't until I discovered myself completely that this kind of all started making sense. Um, And what I mean by that too is that in order for me to really understand my purpose for this podcast specifically, but for my divination practice and my life in general, I really had to understand who I was, where did I come from, what brought me here, and what experiences allowed me to be able to perceive the world the way that I do. So thanks to Sidereal Astrology, specifically Dana the Knuckles, the People's Oracle, and uh, the other Sidereal folks who will be hopefully joining us in the coming future to discuss what power divination has for the collective at this moment. But this episode is the beginning. And in order to understand the beginning, you know, I have to really talk about what brought me here. And what brought me here and what really became the accumulation of who I'm now introducing myself to be as Elias, as Papa Boko, as this kind of chapter in my practice uh, was this idea of religion as revolutionary. So let me be honest, this is not an easy topic for me to discuss. Religion has been used against me in the past for a long time. And it's been difficult to reconcile the reality of the spirit world, the land of the invisible, beyond the veil, because there is such a fear around it now. Is it not my innate fear? It's not something I'm growing, I'm not um, initially afraid of. It's kind of everybody else telling you to be afraid that all of that there's demons, that all of these negative uh, consequences will come by you contacting, by you engaging with the land of the invisible, the spiritual world. And so um, despite all of that, because the conditioning I want to I want to be clear was very intense. And I don't think as human beings, as a collective, we really like take a second to understand what indoctrination is and how that really is a violent process. And white supremacy is trying to indoctrinate whoever it's trying to colonize um, into the cult of white supremacy. And so um, it, it wasn't something where you're, you know, you're, you're just being taught one way, you're also being um, forcibly through. And violence doesn't always come in this, the form of physical violence. It's with withholding affection. It's uh, also me as an individual perceiving what is acceptable and what is not acceptable 
in the place that I'm in. And in this case, it was an evangelical church. Um, And so somehow I've always been interested in magical things and concepts, things, you know, and on TV and, and as a child, always being attracted to this magic stuff. Although I was always told that that type of thing was um, evil. And so that was really my first experience of within my own body being able to tell that what I'm feeling and what I enjoy or what I see is not safe to feel here. It's not safe to be that in this environment. So it wasn't until I got into college um, that I was really free to explore beyond my conditioning. Um, And it's there that I stumbled upon divination. But even then, and up until very recently, it was easy to hide behind tarot as my spiritual identity. But the truth is I was looking for something deeper, something to make sense of the world in a concrete way. So tarot could help me understand things conceptually, but access to spiritual power, tarot can't do that. It cannot perform magic. It's a tool, a divination tool, but spirits, a spirit, those things are real. A deity is a grand spirit. So although I pulled, poured all of myself into tarot and astrology, at that time it was um, tropical at the time when I was in college, um, and then switching to sidereal quickly um, upon leaving that um So though I poured myself into those things, it didn't really answer the questions of life. And poured myself meaning I sought these tools to make conceptual sense of the world, to to give me um, a framework to understand my experience. And as much as I love tarot and and astrology as a, as a general system, those things didn't really answer those questions for me. Um, although sidereal was a different story. So it really wasn't until 2019 when I went to Cuba that I was enlightened to the ways in which religion can function within a socialist society and thrive. So why is that important? You know, religion has always been used and I've always seen it and historically by white supremacy and white supremacists and Europeans has been used as a method to colonize, as a method to subdue the will of a people, to rip, to rip away their identities and also strip away their power to uh, participate in their destiny. So religion to me always seemed controlling and I was always I'm you know I'm spiritual but I don't like organized religion and all of these you know different ways that I'm trying to reconcile the real experience I have of being a spiritual being and also wanting and also resisting the way that I've been raised in religion and so I went to Cuba and I saw La Regla de Rocha, or Lucumi, or Santeria as it's more popularly known. Um, And I saw why and how it became a a popular movement around in Cuba. And this is also coming into my background from political history, which I was very deep into in college about um, uh, the history of revolution, 
the the ways in which societies who have who have had a revolution against white supremacy and capitalism how they kind of reorganize their societies and what do they continue to value and how do we um, take from that and from Cuba you know it was this idea that this religion which is a, which is what I'm going to say a slave religion and what I mean by that is that it's a religion that was in response to the slave conditions that our ancestors were operating under and so Fidel Castro elevating that religion to a national recognition and all this and subsequent religions um, or or um uh, you know, different branches, giving all of that recognition changes the way people interact and even engage with it. And giving that freedom allows the spiritual uh, pantheon to expand and to develop and to grow. And so um, I met a wonderful person on that trip who took me on a tour of a museum where the folks who practice the major Afro-Cuban religions, which I can't name all of them right now, which actually I have something that I um, should, uh, I have it somewhere, but the major Afro-Cuban religions, the, uh, what happened with this specific museum was that those people donated the paraphernalia for this exact purpose, to be put on display, for the proceeds of the museum to go to support the town that it was located in and for folks to be able to go in and see for themselves what the story of these people's religions told through the people okay and so i enjoyed the stories of how and why these people formed these religious cults it was to save themselves from their unbearable condition and i don't think people really sit with that and think about especially caribbean religions because this is to me and from what i understand a specific context situation accumulation of events and so you don't always see this on all all over the world you don't see this in all parts of um the diaspora but in this specific well for the most part i guess you do for the diaspora because you know it's how do you maintain a connection a sense of self unbearable conditions slavery not as what we experience it today as there's some workers rights they didn't have any rights they're, they didn't have a, a say in their fate. They weren't even considered human beings, okay, by Europeans and capitalists, which at this time are one and the same. And so the this idea that these religions are kind of uh, established to survive, to gain power, and to, um, in the case of Haiti, to spark this collective revolution to defeat these insane, insane murder terrorists, white supremacists who are sucking their energy dry, their land and all of that. So it's really having to understand that that's where these, this is why these religions, this is a response, but it's not just, okay, we're in slavery. And so we respond to that by doing these things. It's that it comes from even 
this idea within the continent of Africa, um, which is a diverse place of regions uh, of humans. There's not one look of an African. There's not one society that looks exactly the same as the other. And so for all of these and the slave trade, the Atlantic slave trade, which is initiated, maintained and supported by the Europeans at all points in history is what causes a disruption of taking people from different societies, making them into one, because that's what they're being considered in the eyes of the colonizer, of the, of the kidnapper, to, um, you know, to, to find solidarity in a place where you do not, like, this is, there's no GPS, there's no, like, you literally are just somewhere completely new after this, this immense journey this terrorizing journey, okay, this traumatic ass journey of you're on a ship, you're just laying on a slab next to somebody else, jam packed with 300 other people who come from, you don't know where, but they look like you in one way or the other. And so for all of those people, for those who survived, to continue to survive and maintain a sense of identity and even community at some level, that's what is the, the, the basic foundation for the necessity for these religious cults to survive, right? So these same religions are still alive today across the diaspora. So as I've come to experience it myself, the power of spirits and the importance of connecting to them, my assertion is that we turn our sights to religion as a useful tool to be taken back into the hands of the people. That's my experience. That's what I'm understanding as what this moment needs. That white, that Europeans have, this is, their time is up. James Baldwin said it the right way when he said, uh, the, the sun is set, the white man's time is done. And I could get you the exact quote on that one, but that's, uh, uh, that's really what's happening in this moment. And that a religious movement in my opinion, is something that a lot of people can get behind. And let me explain a little bit why I feel that way. Because what I've come working through um, political movement, through um, political organization, and my time in there, you realize that at the end of it all, spirituality, connecting to the grand source, whatever you want to call it, is the common denominator between everyone from different cultures, from different, um, I mean, even different ideologies. And if, if someone is coming in with an atheist point of view, that speaks to where they are. And that's, that doesn't and shouldn't negate the very real religious ideologies, practice and traditions of a people who have cultivated that and survived that and thrived using that and have this entire organizational um, system, right? Those people are still here, are still alive. Those spirit, those same spirits that that saved us back then, have the power to save us now. And so, and really, the 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 core to to working with spirits too is that as much the, the people give them power as much as the spirits give the people power because it's a it's a relationship. 
We need to recognize, feed, and maintain the spirits in order for the spirits to have power and to be able to do what it is that they're going to do. Because without us, and this kind of goes with the story of the Legua from the, the Ifa Orisha tradition, um, where he, I, I think part of his story is at some point he was forgotten. And so his spirit just kind of disappears until somebody finds him. And that really regenerates the cult around him. And so really understanding and changing the perspective of the way that we even view religion, that the way that Europeans used it was the way that Europeans used it. That has nothing to do with the way that the people who were enslaved, how they used it. And, and in seeing how they used it, we can see how we need it and we need to use it now. Right, so Regla de Orsha, 21 Divisiones, Haitian Vodou are some of the many religions shaped in response to European enslavement. How do we bridge that into the present fight against white supremacy, capitalism, and patriarchy, which they were all fighting then as well? They just didn't maybe have the language that we have, the um, ability to ask the questions that we have been able to ask our ancestors who have put in that work to get us to really understand what is happening to us. How do we bring what they did here to the present and use what we have to make sense of what they were doing, you know? So it can never be expressed enough how much was stolen from the cultures around the world, but specifically my original mother country, Africa, many of our original mother country, Africa. It has disrupted the spiritual world. The intent of the enemy, which is the Europeans and white supremacy as a as what it is, was to purchase and sell the individual into the harshest enslavement. Our ancestors were taken by the thousands from their homeland, completely unaware of what was in store for them. And though many died on the journey and on the land, many more lived and survived. The only certain binding was their origin. And that seemed to be enough to sustain a set of spirits in the new world. The Caribbean first, but across the Americas, including Brazil and Afro-America. Even when forced to convert to the oppressor's religion, Catholicism and Christianity, which in, in and of itself, like, and that's not my ministry, but I know that there are people who are out there doing that work where even the Christianity that the Europeans peddle is a corrupted white supremacist cult version and not one of the true source, which is where, uh, where it originated in Ethiopia and in that kind of Middle East, quote unquote, uh, area where um, a lot of uh, civil African civilizations um, really were meeting with other, uh, you know, with other groups of people and how that how that mix um, creates this this empire and this sense of of, uh, of unity within this religion. And so these even though that religion that they're enforcing on the oppressor the european oppressor is enforcing on um the african and otherwise 
it was designed not it was designed only to appease the conscience of the evil men and their kingdoms it's to justify themselves to themselves to their people um to the history that's how they're trying to control that narrative it's through this use of religion it's through this use of a worldview so our African ancestors developed entire religious systems that survive to this day despite that. Okay, is that not the most incredible thing? Born out of the necessity to survive and maintain their identities, the story of sidereal fixed signs, these people of all different shades and cultural backgrounds merged. How can that inform us in the present? As an oracle, you always look for patterns. In tarot, you look to when you last pulled the card to give you clues for the current context. In, astro in astrology, in sidereal astrology, you look to previous events under the same planetary configurations to make sense of what's going on now. So why not look at the past to inform and shape our future? Now. Religion is an institutional system of beliefs and practices that shape worldview. These beliefs and practices also shape the culture of a society. And the culture is, is a complete way of living, of being. Um, so that's where this, this idea of cult, which the way I'm using it is, is neither good or bad. It is what it is. And so understanding, um, things that way help us not make so much judgments and allow us to, excuse me, allow us to um, see things as they are within the context in which they were, they, they kind of originated and were done and not uh, taking what we know now and placing judgment necessarily on the past in that way. So uh, it's one of the main mechanisms, right, religion, used in the colonization of the African and otherwise indigenous people throughout the diaspora. Do not be fooled. The oppressor knows the power of religion, magic, and spirits. They use it themselves. They're not, ex they're not exempt from that. And they want to make it seem that they're just twisting and taking what we've created and done and doing what? changing it for their own needs, for, for capitalistic gains, for white supremacist domination and, the, and otherwise. So religious imperialism is one of the complex ways European colonizers dismantle the power of the enslaved, the personal and the, and the spiritual power. A majority of the Atlantic slave trade victims were from the west coast of Africa, which is today's Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, but though certainly not limited to those areas. Underscored by the fact that the whole of the Caribbean shares similar deities. This is how we can see the connections. The religion of the enslaved and oppressed peoples was formed as the means by which they secured their secured their survival. Haitian voodoo was not simply a spiritual practice. It was an integral part of the culture of the enslaved and what allowed their organizational revolt against the supremacy of the, of the French, of the British, of the Spanish on their island. This was how they won and took over, okay? They made, it was a ritual, as, as you'll see in, in all accounts of the story, they sacrificed a pig, but to who? 
Okay, they didn't just sacrifice a pig and just do a dance and then do it. That's that's a that's a, a European lens where you just simplify what they're doing as native, as you know, uncivilized. No. As Ruli, which is a deity, okay, in which is you could see very early on in accounts of um of communic when you see some communications between um the 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 French side of of the Dominican Republic of the island of of Hispaniola or Haiti and Cuba and their correspondence when when the Haitian Revolution kind of sets itself off they're aware of the paraphernalia they recognize the cults of these people to these spirits and the power that's contained in there so this isn't just something that they do to get money, you know? Now, spirituality is your personal practice of attuning to your spirit, which is connected to the grand source or spirit, commonly known as God. Religion and spirituality to me are essentially one and the same. Although modern times have made it necessary to make a distinction from oppressive spiritual and religious practices, which exist to this day and are continuously perpetuated um, consciously or subconsciously by people who don't recognize the ways that their own practice is simply an extension of white supremacy, of capitalism, and the need to get in on them. It's almost like accepting that as the reality and then working your way through that instead of um, seeing it as what you're doing, which is to um, to not only survive, but to dismantle the systems by removing them from yourself, if that makes sense. So Africans on the continent had concepts, although they varied in detail, of God, right? And for a second, don't, I'm saying God, I'm not, there's no gender to it. I'm saying God, there's no judgment about who God is. God just is. So let's just keep that in mind. So um, Africans on the continent had concepts that varied in detail of God, right? That made sense for their environment, that gave meaning to disasters and triumphs, and most importantly, created a relationship between human beings and the universe as a whole, not just Earth as a, I, you know, as a physical thing, but the sky, the clouds, everything, right? So whether folks believe it or not, we live in a religious universe. We're not always aware of the rituals and beliefs we engage in, but we engage in them. White folks, however, if you want to define that, follow one major religion, and that's white supremacy, which encompasses capitalism and patriarchy. They force us to revere their spirits, that is, saints who supported colonization, murder, through religious means, and who are the ones who are really saying, well, if we convert them into this worldview, then it doesn't make us look as bad for what it is that we're doing, okay? These are those people. So they force us to rever revere their saints and their spirits and violently oppress and erase any other deity or spirit that does, that does not fit into their worldview, which is even to say that it's white is right and black and indigenous is demonic and evil. But... Who is that only true for when you think about it? 
So there is no power in religion, and the magic that occurs in the Catholic Church and the Anglo-Christian Church would not violently murder those who follow any other practice. They wouldn't be so concerned about what the slaves are doing. They wouldn't be so concerned about converting. There wouldn't be missionaries if they didn't understand that this was a powerful tool of oppression, also of liberation. As we see today, white supremacy as a religion sets the foundation that white people are the supreme beings and that even God's will, and in this case, it's we're talking about their patriarchal God, which is essentially the thing that they worship, right? Patriarchy and capitalism are their cults. So white people see themselves as, a supreme, as the supreme beings and that even God's will supports all the destruction and chaos that they continue to impose. They believe and practice that because that is truly how they view the world. Like we have to kind of understand that. This isn't just like, oh, they just, you know what I mean? Like to hold such a deep seated belief, you have to like believe that that's how the world is and world works. Like they're, and they practice it. They engage in it. They continuously repeat it and perpetuate it because that is truly how they view the world. So their spiritual practice, which is contained in the cult of individualism, which is me for myself and I don't give a fuck who suffers. The capitalist is, I'm making profit. I don't care about the workers and that I'm paying and whether they survive or they don't survive. I don't, they could die. I'm just going to get new workers. I just care about labor. I don't think or see anything else but me and my own will. Okay. That's one of the cornerstones of the cult of individualism. And their spiritual practice is one of detachment. It's about escaping reality avoiding the personal accountability that is present in all other non-European spiritual systems. We don't ever really talk about how our spiritual systems, and I'm talking about Caribbean and African spiritualities and religions, are concerned with the character of the human being, the moral character, the moral construction, how they interact with people, how they interact with the world. You don't get rewarded for being selfish. You don't get rewarded for 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 um, taking the moral low ground, which is instead of resolving the issue, you just kill the other person. Like you see what I'm saying? Like this isn't how we um, view our relationship to source and to God and to religion. That's how the Europeans do it. Okay, and it's funny how that works, right? Their religion is about escaping reality. And so that's why they're never wanting to be accountable for their stuff. It's always somebody else's fault, okay? So as the world has evolved, you know, it seems like spirituality and religion can't go hand in hand, but that's a misconception that I think comes from colonization. And one of those misconceptions as well is that you must adhere and believe in every aspect and detail of a religion in order to follow it, okay? And where do we learn that from? Hello? The violent Christian missionaries, the violent Catholic missionaries, that's what they're doing. They're saying, if you don't believe in every aspect of this, you're a sinner and you deserve to die. That's y'all, okay? This is not true for everybody else, and this is not true for African spirituality either. Remember, religion comes out of 
humanity's encounter with the earth and its need to make sense of it, okay? And this kind of making sense of it shapes culture, shapes the culture of any given society. So it's meant to evolve with time as the enslaved Haitians demonstrated when they performed magic rituals for their liberation and beyond, okay? And even how Octavia Butler in the parable of the sower shows that religion, which, which is the basis of uh, the book, is, is the creation of this religion of Earthseed, shows how it's bred out of need and is shaped by experience. So I hope people are understanding the importance of really seeing things for what they are and not what we're told that they are. Okay? Religion can, in fact, be revolutionary. And I think that we are in charge of seeing how that works. Our responsibility is to shape the way that it can be, is to start laying down the, the, the framework for that. And so that's really what brings me to my practice, that brings me to tarot, that brings me to sidereal astrology, that brings me to um, Caribbean religions and Afro religions in general and seeing why, um, how we can use them to do exactly what they did for our ancestors and help us survive, but also in this place and in this time, with the context that we're under, how do we take it a step further and put it against the fight of white supremacy, of capitalism, of patriarchy, which is all I'm trying to do because this is an oppressive system. This is a, a this is, I mean, I don't, I'm not even going to have to preach to anybody. Just exist in America and don't be white and be a man and just see how that works out for you. And you're not going to tell me that this isn't a cult, a death cult that we live in, where we're in the middle of a, uh, we're still in a pandemic. And the only reason we're not anywhere closer to where we were in 2020, outside of vaccines, and not to go on my soapbox, but to go a little bit on my soapbox, is the way America has been handling this. Like, just see and, and just watch what it is that they, they view as God, which is money, profit. That's all. Jeff Bezos, you know what I mean? These people, it's like, we don't have any money for any of this stuff. It's like, right, we don't tax the people who are making billions of dollars. Jeff Bezos in the middle of a pandemic is going into space. How much does that cost? And how much of my tax dollars are going into that? And how much of his is not? And so to bring this back, to a little bit of who I am and what this podcast is going to be about is really this, you know, it's not going to be limited to just religion as a topic. It's going to, or divination as a topic. It's really, um, and that's why I'm naming it perspective because I think it's important for people to think differently about what they engage in, to think differently about the culture that they find themselves a part of. I want people to just gain a different perspective on life 
and spirituality and religion and history and politics so that they can see that they engage with it without even knowing and that by recognizing that you're doing it, you can see the power in what happens when you're conscious of it. If I can understand that this is this and not that, then I can deal with it as it is, not what I think it to be. So if you can recognize the misalignment as something deeper and spiritual and not of your own doing, that it's the system, you can figure out how to take more, you can take power back through your own personal responsibilities. Now, I'm not saying nothing is your fault ever. I'm saying you're responsible for your actions and you're, you're needing to be aware of what the, what the reality of your situation, of the context of, of what is going on allows you to make actions and take actions and take responsibility for those actions in a more empowering way, which is all, again, these religions, and I'm talking about Caribbean and Afro-religions, are doing is, is, is empowering you. That's what our ancestors needed, and that's what we continue to need. So I hope you will come with me on this journey. I hope you um, learn something new. I hope you find power within yourself to take charge of things that you can take charge of. And I hope that this really just changes something for somebody and maybe makes them recognize that they have been a victim of patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy, and that that is not a reflection on your character, on who you are, and that you have the power to change. And the power to engage with um, something bigger than yourself, however you want to do that. This doesn't mean everybody needs to be an oracle. That's a specific journey. That takes a specific type of person and character and nuance that is not for everybody. And I'm definitely an advocate for everybody just doing what it is that they want to do and what they're good at and what they're aligned with and not trying to pick up things that aren't theirs and just going to those people for those things and really figuring out how do we get out of the cult of individualism, of this need that I have to do everything on my own. How do we share the burden of survival, as Dana says, as Dana Knuckles says, um, and how do we share the burden of survival by recognizing our own roles within the bigger system? And I'm not talking about white supremacist system or capitalist system or patriarchal system. I'm talking about this system that we're trying to create in contrast to what we're liberating ourselves from. So I hope that we can shape this answer together of how we're going to use religion as a revolutionary tool. I hope that you, my listeners, <laughs> find value in what I have to offer. So with that said, that's perspective. And I'm excited for this journey. Thank you for being here.